You're listening to Game Time in the Triangle. I'm your host, Trisha Williamson. On today's show, I welcome Tom Kinkalar, former coach at Wakefield High School and former athletic director at Rollsville High School. Last week's Friday Night Rivals matchup had the Apex Friendship Patriots against the Athens Drive Jaguars. Both teams came out strong in the first quarter, but neither could break through, and the quarter ended scoreless. Patriots quarterback Brendan Patience was the first to put his team on the board, running in a touchdown with 10 minutes left in the second quarter. Athens Drive quarterback Chase Hardy made a strong run, with Derek Crumpton and Jaquavius Weldon gaining yards, but the Jaguars weren't able to make it to the end zone. Strong defenses on both teams traded sacks, and the first half ended with Apex Friendship at 7 and Athens Drive at 0. Pressure, and he'll go down to a sack. Getting back there to him was Isaiah Beardsley, the outside linebacker. Oh, Hardy gets wrapped up. Hardy goes down to the sack. The second half of the game opened with Jaden Avery scoring for Apex Friendship. Athens Drive answered back with a strong run from Isaiah Beardsley. That got the team close enough for Chase Hardy to drop into the end zone. The Jags completed a two-point conversion and put the score at the end of the third quarter, Apex Friendship 14, Athens Drive 8. On the ground, and it's a hole for Beardsley to the 30. Beardsley tackled at the 20. From inside the one-yard line, they go to a tight formation. Hardy trying to get in. Second effort. Did he break the plane? We will see. And it is a touchdown. Chase Hardy into the end zone. That's an the fourth quarter belonged to the Patriots, as Brendan Patience, Tino Ramirez, and Jaden Butler all scored touchdowns. Athens Drive was able to score late in the game, but with only 47 seconds left, the gap was too big to overcome. The final Friday night rival score was Apex Friendship 34, Athens Drive 16. After the match, sideline reporter Faith Kane talked to the Patriots head coach Adam Sanders about their impressive game. Coach Sanders, congratulations, an 18-point win tonight. You guys said that you had a lot of obstacles this week. What was the key to success? Just trusting the guy beside you. Uh, we've learned that we got to take things one day at a time, and what we do is we just keep chopping wood. I'm so proud of these seniors and these leaders for reading that book this summer and learning just to take one thing at a time and just keep working and keep working. I'm so proud of them. Now, what are you going to do right after you get this trophy? Go home tonight. How are you and the guys going to celebrate? I mean, I'm up to about 2, 3 o'clock in the morning getting ready for next week. That's just the way it goes. What they do here in the Weevil, see in the Weevil. So we're going to be all right. Oh, I love this. I'm going to go ahead and hand over this trophy. Congratulations, guys. Next week on Friday Night Rivals, we're at Broughton High School in Raleigh, where they welcome the Wakefield Wolverines. That airs live on my RDC at 7 o'clock. You can also stream on myrdctv.com watch and on Facebook Live. I'm joined now by Tom Kinkalar, retired athletic director for Rollsville High School. Tom is also the former basketball coach for Wakefield High School, and uh, he led the team to a championship in 2004. And right after you left, right, they won the championship again in 2006. Correct. Welcome. Thank you, Tricia. Nice being here. So nice for you to join us. So you've been in sports for quite a while, not just here in the Triangle, right? Correct. How did you get into sports? Uh, it's just ever since I was a little kid, um, you know, I just started getting into sports. My dad kind of pushed me along and was basically my coach 
pretty much my whole life. And uh, I just love sports. I grew up with it, all my friends and so forth. So, I mean, I just went from one season to the next. I played football, basketball, baseball, and it's always been a part of my life. And after I got done playing, um, you know, I just kind of stepped into it and was a teacher and a coach for most of my rest of my career. Where did you go to high school? I went to a high school called Mundelein High School. It's a suburb of Chicago, Illinois. Um, that's where I grew up. It's a, it's a town. It was a 4A school, which was a big, the bigger classification at that time. Um, but it was a town of a, probably about 40,000, 50,000 people. Okay. And so, like, you went from high school to college sports. Is that right? Yes. I went to Miami University in Ohio. Oh, my, Miami University in Ohio. in Ohio. I see. It's the only Miami University. The other one's University of Miami. Oh, good point. <laughs> okay, so no need to get it mixed up there. Um, and so after college, um, did you get a degree to become a teacher, or did you become a teacher because you were a, a coach? I kind of, when I, when I signed my scholarship for college, my coach kind of talked me into, uh, I was going to major in business administration. Uh, but my coach said, hey, would you ever be interested in coaching? Uh, I said, well, yeah, that's all I really know is sports and so forth. So he steered me to business education. Okay. So I've got my degree in business education where I could teach business or I could actually go into it as well. I was in athletics in high school, and all of my coaches were also teachers at the school. Is that a requirement to be a coach in high school? You know, back in the day, most every coach was in the actual building. In today's times, we do have, there's some shortage of coaches and so forth. So now we do have a number of coaches who aren't actually in the building. Uh, they might have another career or they volunteer time and so forth. Uh, as an athletic director, I always wanted my head coaches, at least my head coaches, to be in the building. I think it does a lot for you and the team and so mm -hmm. forth. Um, but it's not as common in today's times. You'll see more coaches that aren't actually in the building. And people knowing the coaches, I suppose, it, it builds a rapport with the school, right? Because when you have athletics, you want the school spirit to be there. Exactly. So you want people to know who their coaches are as well instead exactly. of just this mysterious figure on the, on the field, right? Right. And you can keep track of your kids a lot better if you're in the building and so forth. You know, make sure that they're doing right by getting to their classes and so forth. And you don't usually have as many behavior problems and things like that. The coach is actually in the building. Something you actually have to worry about when you're the athletic director, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, sport is really important to kids, I think. And you all make sure that there's those educational minimums before they can actually go out for sports. Is that right? Yes. There's eligibility requirements um, academically. You know, in Wake County, um, they have to pass three out of four classes and block schedule. That's the state rule. Okay. Wake County has another stipulation on top of that. Um, they have to have at least a 1.5 grade point average. Uh, the rest of the state doesn't do that. So Wake County is a little bit, puts a little bit more stricter restrictions on the athletes as do other counties. Well, for Friday Night Rivals and High School Hoops, we have our scholar athlete program, which is a you know, scholarship program that we do for them. And these GPAs that the students are coming to us with are phenomenal. Right. They're absolutely amazing. And so I'm finding, I mean, when I was in sport in high school, that was what they cared about. And it seems like they're finding a balance there between athletics and education. Yes, it's very important, especially if an athlete wants to go on into the college ranks and so forth. We always try to tell them, don't shut any doors. 
you know, the better your grades, the more doors it'll open for you. You know, I always tell the athletes, you want to be the one to make the choice of where you want to go, not be restricted to this is the only place you can go. So naturally, the, the grades are very important. And I, I think the expectations on athletes, and I think throughout m- most of the schools, you will find that the athletes' grade point averages as a whole, average those together, are usually higher than the rest of the general population. That's fantastic. I'm yes. glad that you guys encourage that as well. Um, not like a Friday night light situation, you know, <laughs> where you're like, um, you must do football and football is all that matters. You right. know, having a balance there is probably a really important for a high school student, right? Very important. So how did you end up in Wake County? If you were from, if you were from Chicago area, how did you get here? It's actually kind of a funny story. I had, I had a, an ex-brother-in-law who actually played basketball at NC State. Uh, he was on the national championship team with David Thompson and so forth. But I kind of learned about the Raleigh area from him uh, when I was in Chicago and so forth. I actually came, was here visiting him. And while I was here, I went to a number of school systems. I actually went to Chapel Hill and so forth, seeing if there would be any openings. I was actually teaching in the Chicago area. I was actually teaching at my high school that I oh. went to. Um, and I went through some processes of some interviews. And the day before I was leaving to go back home, my brother-in-law says, well, I know the assistant superintendent of Wake County Schools Maybe I'll give him a call and see. So he did. Long story short, he said, well, come on in. I actually marched past about 12 people who were waiting to talk to him about an interview because he knew I was leaving. Um, He's also a Chicago native. So I sat in to talk with him in the office, and we talked about the Chicago Cubs, (laughs) a lot of our interview and so forth. And basically he told me when I left, uh, he knew of an opening at Sanderson High School, and he said, uh, you've got the job if you want the job. I'll call the principal, and it's, it's done. Mm-hmm. So I went away happy. I was leaving, going back home uh, to Illinois, and I said, I got a job in Raleigh. I'm going to teach at Sanderson High School and coach. Uh, so that's how pretty much that went down, and the rest is history. I've been here since I started at Sanderson High School, the principal I had at Sanderson moved to Leesville Road High School when that opened. So I opened up that school with him. He brought me with him. Um, then I did a, my first college stint. Then I came back and opened up Wakefield when that opened up. So as a coach, I was able to start an actual program from scratch, which a lot of people aren't able to do. And I, that was another challenge that I looked at, saying that would be kind of cool to do something like that. How was that experience? Because when a high school opens, are they bringing in students from other schools, or are they just rising up from middle school and building from there? It's mostly from all, all the other schools. Like both In both situations, Leesville and Wakefield, when they opened up, we had no senior class. Uh, so it was students coming from different high schools. You know, so you kind of had a hodgepodge mm-hmm. and nobody really from within. So that was interesting to try to do and as a challenge. A lot of coaches wouldn't do that, you know, because of their egos. You know you're not going to be successful right. to start with because you're going to be behind the eight ball and everyone else is established and so forth. But I thought it was kind of a nice challenge to start a program from scratch and say, you know, I actually built this from the ground up. What year uh, was that? Uh, 2000 is when Wakefield opened. Okay. 
And then 2004 is when we won the state championship. You went from opening to a championship in, in four years. Four years. That's fantastic. Yeah, that was that, – that was – I've had a lot of highlights of my career in athletics, and but that will always be one that be right up there with me. You said you left right before the 2006 championship. Was that to move up to the Rollsville AD position? No, I actually left. That's when I began coaching at Georgia Tech. Oh, okay. You went up to college. I so see. So I left. Yeah, I left. We won the state championship in 2004. I actually started back the next year at, at Wakefield, and it was around Thanksgiving time that I got the call from Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. And I left it in, in November gotcha. of the next year. What and did you coach at Georgia Tech? I was baseball. Okay. How is it coaching different sports in your in your career? Do you find it easy to switch back and forth between how you train your athletes? It was easy for me because that's all I knew. When I played, like I said, I went right from football to basketball to baseball. And when I actually started my coaching career, I did the same thing. I coached all three sports. Um so that's what I knew. Uh, it, it's a transition. You know, you work hard at it as a coach, and you put a lot of time into each sport. Um, but I didn't have a problem with it because I think from playing the three sports and knowing that's the way it was, you know, I, I kind of felt like it wasn't a problem. So the North Carolina, what, drew you back? You had to come back? North Carolina, I always knew that North Carolina, it, it's kind of great my career ended the way I kind of wanted it to be. I wanted to do the college stint uh, and get that experience and so forth, but I always knew in the back of my mind that I would like to end my career back in the Raleigh area as a high school athletic director. How long How long were you at Rollsville? I was at Rollsville for five years. Okay. And Rollsville is, uh, you know, I was looking them up. We obviously have quite a famous quarterback around here, Byron Brown, who right. um, he's, he's down in college now in Florida, right? And uh, I was looking up Jocelyn Hamilton as well, who is quite the elite track and field athlete, uh, who recently got to go to championships in Eugene, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, you building up a, an athletic uh, community in your high school, um, what do you think fosters you know, athletes like this? I think it's a combination of everything. I mean, everybody has to be on board, starting with the administration. Uh, me as an athletic director, I, I came in trying to build a culture. Uh, when I came in, Roseville was still relatively a new high school in the area. Um, we, I felt like it was a diamond in the rough. Uh, we had very good athletes. Um, our coaches, you know, were getting more and more on board. And I just think you have to have a combination of everybody, the parents, everybody has to believe. Uh, I really feel good about what we've built uh, because when I first got there, we were still kind of the new kid on the block and still taking our lumps. uh, And people were wanting us on their schedule, per se. Uh, I think over the past, you know, four or five years, now Wake or Roseville is is a school that a lot of people are you know, they step up and take notice now that, you know, we're, we're there and we can compete and, you know, we're doing very well. Well, we definitely put you on our schedule. <laughs> Rollsville plays Wake Forest in October. That's the game right. that we're going to be airing. And that, because Rollsville split off from Wake Forest, is that correct? Correct. So Rollsville was another team kind of like Wakefield where you, you had to build it up again. Yes. Were you there at the beginning with that one, or was that a little bit later? Did I you came come a later? little bit later after that. Okay. But it still was in that process of still trying to build. And Roseville were a little bit behind because the community, 
Now it's starting to get built up. There's going to be a new subdivision, like 1,500 homes coming in right mm -hmm. by. So we really don't have that community atmosphere right yet because our students are coming from all different areas sure. of Wake County. Um, so it's hard to get that. But I think uh, down here five, ten years from now, Roseville is going to be like a Wake Forest and so forth. We're going to have the community backing and so on. And it's it's been very it's been very fruitful. I've been very excited about that challenge at Roseville because I think we've done a lot to change the culture. Uh, the athletes, you can see it in their eyes now. There's a whole lot more to it than before. They kind of were like, well, I don't know if we can do this and if we're not, but now I think they think like everybody else that they can win and win championships. And when you have the athletes who kind of you know rise to the top, like Jocelyn and Byram, yeah. what do you do as the athletic director to kind of foster that and help them move to the next level? I think it's, it's not also about their ability, it's about the whole person. And I, I think that those are two great examples of athletes we have, but we've had a number of athletes and still do at Roseville that are gonna, we're going to hear from and so forth. But I think the total person, even as a coach, I preach to my teams to be first-class citizens. You know, people take notice of that. You know, they can see your athletic ability and so forth, but be the whole person. You know, be genuine and so forth. And I think Byron and Jocelyn – are two great examples of what we try to preach. Um, outstanding people, not just athletes. Um, kind that you'd like to have as a son or a daughter. Right. You know, that's the way I always put it. And I'm very happy for their success and, and what they're going to have and even in the future. Uh, but I think there's a number of athletes like that at Roseville, and I think those are two good examples for the rest of them to look up to. When you're there for a long time and you see them literally grow up because they get there, they're babies, right? They're 14 years old and you see them come into their own. Do you get like that proud papa moment? Oh, yes, it's definitely. And that's throughout my coaching career, you know, being able to see a young man or young woman come in when they're a freshman and then see what they become when they leave us as seniors. It's bittersweet. You know, you hate to lose them, but you're also excited to see that they're moving on to the next phase of their life. And that's part of what coaching is you know we don't get rich coaching and so forth but it's it is something to see the development of the of the youth and, and see what they can become and what they grow on to be so I know that you've retired but I doubt that you're going to stop being a Rollsville fan right, right. Um, and you're, we're looking forward to the 2023 uh, football season correct what do you think of the team this year oh they're we're still going to be very good uh, there's still a lot of good athletes there We've had a change in the coaching, uh, so it'll be a first year of a new coaching staff. Um, but I think the team itself, you know, I think we'll be able to contend. Now, we do have a tough schedule. Uh, that was another thing when I came in as an AD. I feel like, you know, to get better, you got to play the best. So we've, each year our schedule's gotten tougher. So the next two years, they're, they're going to have a tough slate uh, with non-conference. And our conference is probably the best conference in the state. Um, the Northern Athletic Conference that we play in. It's probably, if not the best, it's one of the best in the whole state of North Carolina. So competition is going to be very great. Uh, I think we have a team that can meet that competition, but you never know in a game. And I don't think that when a person, especially somebody whose whole life has revolved around sports, like that doesn't go away, right? Oh, no. So what are you going to redo it? What are you going to do in retirement? You know, people ask me that all the time, and it's it's hard. I will always be a coach. 
You know, it's something that's always been inbred in me. Um, I've been around sports. You know, I said, someone asked me the question. I said, for 46 years, I've been waking up, going to work. And it's hard as an athletic director because my days were about like 15-hour days, Mm -hmm. you know, up early and one of the last ones to leave the building uh, after a game or something like that. And it's it's hard to just turn off going from 15-hour days to waking up and there's nothing. Right. You know, and I wanted to take some time early just to kind of not do anything and just chill. Uh, my wife and I are going on a vacation trip Thursday and for a week. Um, but I have to find something to do. Right. You, you know? got it. But I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to do the 15 hour days and so forth, but I'm sure I'll be somewhat still sports related in some way, but it'll be something that I can do. I've had a number of people come up to me and talk about some things uh, but I won't be able to sit and do nothing. Of course, right. <laughs> a busy life has to you know, right. continue, doesn't it? Right. Well, I wish, wish you all the best in the future, and I appreciate you coming and hanging out with us for a little while and giving us some insight into uh, your career and athletics as in general in Wake County. Um, and thank you so much, Tom Kinkler. Patricia, it was an honor. I appreciate you asking me here. I hope I gave some information that people will appreciate. Most definitely. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Game Time in the Triangle. I'm your host, Trisha Williamson. We'll be back Wednesday with another episode where I welcome commentator Patrick Johnson to the show. We're going to chat with him, talk about how the season is shaping up so far, and I'll see if I can get his predictions for the rest of the fall. Thanks also to my guest, Tom Kinkalar, and congratulations to the Friday Night Rivals game winners, the Apex Friendship Patriots.